Hey, what's up? This is former NFL offensive lineman Ross Tucker from the Ross Tucker Football Podcast, and you are listening to the Fourth and Forever Podcast with Stuart and Darren. Maybe the, I don't know, fourth, fifth best NFL podcast around after mine, ATN, Fantasy Feast, Even Money. Anyway, these guys are up there. They rock. Fit like and welcome into the fourth and forever podcast Super Bowl recap special, slightly belated. Um, I do say special, quote unquote, but there was something oddly familiar about the result. Um, what could that possibly be? As the Tampa Bay Buccaneers tore the Kansas City Chiefs to shreds on both sides of the ball, with uh, it all finishing at thirty-one points to nine when it was all said and done. Uh, I watched the game along with a wee party of happy revelers. Also, Darren was there. How's it going, Darren? Darren is good. How are you? Yeah, I, I am also good. I am also good. Um, and now I will just preface this entire thing by saying I'm not mad. Just disappointed. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, let's just put it this way. I'm going to frame it in such a way that it, you know, I am respectful. I didn't really want the Chiefs to win the Super Bowl again. But I also really didn't want Tam, sorry, Tom Brady to win the Super Bowl again. But it was good to see the Buccaneers get up there for their second Super Bowl, I guess. There's a bunch of great players that I care for there, including our, your boy, Shaq Barrett. Um, so I guess ultimately I can respect what Tom Brady has done at Tampa Bay in one season. And um, I take my hat off to the man. That's it. I, I, I respect it. Seven Super Bowl wins from one quarterback is absolutely unreal. It's, uh, it's that whole Michael Jordan territory. Absolutely untouchable. Um, I don't think there's ever going to be anyone else like him, uh, other than maybe Patrick Mahomes, but we'll see how that all pans out over the next 20-odd uh, years or so. But, um, yeah, just he now has more Super Bowls himself than any franchise in the NFL, which is staggering. And, like, just, okay, okay, yep. well done. <laughs> At least now he's in the NFC. Yeah, <laughs> okay. So, yeah, that was my thoughts on it, Darren. What was your take, take as a whole on the game? I just want to point out once again that for the fourth year in a row, I was right. Oh, here, here it comes. So like four years in a row, I've predicted the MVP and the winner of the game. What did I say to you before the game? If I was a betting man? Tampa Bay win, Tom Brady MVP, Gronk to score a touchdown. Yes. Mm-hmm. And he got two. So I was double right. No, that doesn't. That's not how it works mathematically, <laughs> Darren. But um, yes, credit words to you, Darren. Did predict the, the ultimate winner. Um, I think that um, there was like part of me that knew what the Chiefs' problems would be, but given how they performed throughout the course of the season, I I don't think anyone would have predicted it to be like to go in this direction as much as it did. Um, 
in terms of what Kansas City's problems were, their offensive line was bad. Um, as uh, but like also it wasn't just on them. Mm. So like the Tampa Bay defensive backs were really taking away uh, Mahomes' first read every single time, and the def- like def- defensive linemen such as Shaq Barrett, a boy. And Jason Pierre-Paul, uh, Vita Vea, they were just getting right up the middle in Mahomes' face like that. It's like having lost Mitchell Schwartz months ago, along with a number of others along the way, they also lost Eric Fisher in the championship game. So things just got, got really bad and it became untenable. So yeah, they just got in Mahomes' face really, really quickly. And one telling statistic of the first half was that uh, Tom Brady was pressured on 9.5% of his dropbacks. Mahomes, 57% of his dropbacks. That is really, really hard to deal with. It doesn't matter how good you are. You could be Patrick Mahomes level good. You, you, It's really hard to play with pressure like that in your face. Yeah. Um, it was just what the Buccaneers were able to do up front on defense was have their four... Rushers, their front four, be so effective at Mm -hmm. holding their own that the linebackers never once needed to blitz. No, they just. I think they ran two, kind of like three blitzes in the whole game. Mm -hmm. Todd Bowles is the most blitz heavy coach in the league. He ran like three or four blitzes in the whole game. The front four was able to deal with that offensive line so easily that it meant that Devin White and Levante David never needed to help. Yeah. Which meant that they could just sit in the lane and stop Kelsey and Tyreek Hill from getting it over the middle. Yeah, and that's what I mentioned would probably be the, the case during the course of the game. I mean, the guys hadn't been fantastic in coverage, but they were quick enough to get onto these guys. They're agile enough. Levante David and Devin White. Devin White in particular was sensational in this game, again. So it's a really good team. You think it's Sean Murphy bunting being mm. what he's been in the playoffs, and then Winfield as well. It was a complete game they've, they've from, just done from Tampa so Bay well. on, on both sides, and like Todd, Todd Bowles just played it perfectly. Uh, basically, just keeping two deep safeties in pretty much all, all times to just say, "Well, we're not going to let Tyreek Hill beat us over the top because I know that's what you want." So if you if you want to send him deep when you're like playing from behind, then fine. But we're going to have guys there for you, and like you know, guess what? We're going to have guys right in your face in yeah, every single never, dropback. There was never enough time for Tyreek Hill to get open. Yeah, because he wasn't getting to stand in the pocket or stand over to the side when he finishes running. There was yeah. always someone there. Terry Kill's usually the one who gets open because he's so quick, but it just it just wasn't happening. They just couldn't get him open quick and enough. They just never they never got to throw that kind of haymaker at the start of the game. Terry Kill made that drop, which usually he'd catch mm. on the first drive, and that would have been 7-0, and maybe Todd Bowles would have been like, oh, maybe I've done this a little, maybe I'll change some stuff. Yeah. But they, they survived the first drive, which not many teams do against the Chiefs. Mm-hmm. And then they just settled in, and Mahomes didn't settle in at all. Was it 549 yards rushing behind the line of scrimmage? <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> just to get the ball off? Mm, there's a um, lot of movement. He, he totally attempted some crazy passes, which nearly got there, and in some cases should have got there. I'm thinking yeah, in particular Pringle, about... Was it Pringle? Or... Oh, there was that Pringle one at the back of the end zone, which was a, a crazy, crazy throw. But the one in, I think it was the first quarter, to Tyreek Hill... Uh, which is essentially vertical as well, sorry, horizontal even. Um, and Hill dropped it. And just like that could have put the game on a, a different footing. I, ultimately, I don't think it would have mattered just because of how 
strong Tampa Bay were in all phases of the game. They they were just they, they played the perfect game. So from watching it, who was the real MVP? The real Not MVP. The quarterback nonsense, but who was the real MVP of that game? Mm, oh, like Devin White was spectacular at taking away the middle of the field, but also you know Levante David was there too. Um, JPP and Shaq Barrett getting right in there as well. I mean, I don't know. It's kind of more like units yeah. to me. Like it's the, it's the linebacking well, core. Like Vida Vea. Vida Vea took away double teams. He, mm-hmm. even though he wasn't the one getting the two, pressure, he, he sucks people he up. Sucked the two in to make it so much easier for Barrett um, to get Barrett and JPP it's, to get through. It's the Aaron Donald effect. It's like yeah. that's how. Like if Dante Fowler and Leonard Floyd get sacked, is because everyone's trying to deal with the big man of the middle, and Aaron Donald. Yeah, but have, sometimes you know, they, can't, on, they can't. Aaron Donald. They can't thoughts stop him. on the honors at the end of this. I mm-hmm. have some questions about fraternal comments, and maybe sometimes people should shut up. Mm, okay. Yes. yes. We'll talk about it at the end. But okay, I have to agree. I think the considering it was the defensive tackles didn't need to be as aggressively. <laughs> Like off off putting as they were, they they played beyond their station in this game. Yeah, getting that much pressure on Mahomes wasn't really the game plan was to put him under pressure. Mm-hmm. But I don't think they ever in the world of streams thought they'd get that much pressure. Yeah, and it was just a perfect performance. They just, you know, every player that plays in the NFL is one of the three thousand best at a sport that over like four hundred thousand people play. Mm. Um, so even though they're backup tackles and they're not useless they're still athletes but and there's that, that certain level that just takes people yeah, above that, others that level of performance yeah it's just they never let off and, and like they they moved their backup right tackle uh remmers over to left tackle uh when they lost eric fisher so effectively they got worse at two positions by moving a guy who's not used to playing left tackle over to left tackle to play against like Jason Pierre. I've always wondered why don't you just have a left tackle on waivers or on your practice squad that can just come in like surely a guy that's played left tackle his whole career would be better than someone like that well I I, I don't think you have the cap room to just have a, a really good backup at every spot like you can you can have some depth but you know especially you know when your money is going into Frank Clark's contract and like stuff like that. It's uh, you 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 got to play the salary cap game eventually. Yeah. But um, yeah, the Chiefs' offensive line was just just manhandled, uh, which put Mahomes in a really tough spot. But I don't want to get too bogged down in just talking about Tampa Bay's defense because their offense was excellent as well. They were efficient. They did exactly what they needed to do. Now, like, but actually, before a transition, just want to say that throughout history, in the Super Bowl, the team with the better defense usually beats the better offense. And people will use the Denver Broncos uh, versus the Seattle Seahawks example uh, as as a key. Uh, was it the, uh, the Giants beating the Patriots in 07? Things like that. It's like a good defense isn't useless in the NFL. People seem to think, oh, defense doesn't quite matter as much anymore. Like, no, no, if you if you get a defense that can make a difference, then, then it can. Like, you know, off, offense is where the game is going, but you got to slow them down somehow. And yeah, Tampa's defense was fantastic. But uh, on their offensive side of the ball, Tampa protected Brady really well, and he was just super efficient once again. Uh, I think he went about uh, 200 and... 
201 yards, three touchdowns on 29 attempts, 21 completions. Uh, playoff Lenny showed up as well in this one. 16 carries, 89 yards on a touch, uh, and four receptions for 46 yards uh, in the receiving game as well. And as you mentioned earlier, Rob Gronkowski, two touchdowns. It was just... Everything looking it at it, it's a nicely be. spread about offensive offensive performance. It was not nothing big. There was no one who like stood out or anything. It was just a professional performance to find a way to win. Yeah, they definitely did themselves proud. The the Leonard Fournette thing is interesting. I didn't see it him having a playoff. Well, we never. Mm-hmm. He got to the playoffs before. He got to the... the he got to the championship, championship game with game. the Jaguars, yeah. And it was a lot on him, because... Because you know, mm-hmm. Blake Bortles. Blake Bortles had a good season that year, but still, yeah. But, yeah, I didn't expect... When he ran for that touchdown, I think as he gra- caught the ball, I was cheering. Because he's so <laughs> clearly away. Yeah. It's like, you know, you just see it when they build up that amount of pace. Mm-hmm. That quickly, and it's like, oh, no one's tackling this guy if he's got 30 yards of in front of him and he's got a clean six, seven yards. He's just going to mm. run through everyone. Yeah. And it was... Although, you know, Leonard Fournette has a history of running, running into, into people yeah. and just falling over. But Trent Richardson, yeah. Yeah. But it is amazing that this Buccaneers team, the players that scored, um, weren't on the team oh, at yeah. the start of the season. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Leonard Fournette... Rob Gronkowski, Brady, Antonio Brown was in there too. Yeah, like yeah. it's is they've built a good roster over the course of the 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 off season. You know, how much of that has to do with Tom Brady attracting Gronk back again, and Gronk just shows up in the playoffs when he needs to. And it's, it's going to be scary next year as well because they're going to probably get more in the NBA. They're called buy, buyout guys, but there's going to be guys that want to move over. Well, Mike Evans has already announced that he'll. Like you know, take a pay cut in order to keep the team together if they need to, because he wants more Super Bowls. Yeah, I think he's sat on this team for long enough, earned enough money that he's just like that felt real good. I'll I'll, I'll go for that again <laughs> at least one more time. Well, we say they can get the mid level exception, you know, the veterans exception. So mm-hmm. Gronk on six, Brown on six, Fournette on six, and then. What if AJ Green wants to come? What if, what if you know, um, even the boy from the Bears, Robinson, Alan Robinson? Yeah. Oh. <laughs> Stop it! It's an embarrassment of riches. Yeah. You're embarrassing them. But players want to win Super Bowls. This is like the, it's not really happening. Alan Robinson just wants to win games. He just wants to have a good quarterback. And what what happens if he goes there? He gets Brady for one year, and then what happens when Lane Brady Gabbert. retires? Blaine Gabbert comes back Blaine up Gabbert, to the plate. Super Bowl champion. Oh boy, oh boy. Um, so what do you think of Mahomes? Of, what would you have said the odds would have been for the Chiefs not to score a touchdown? Oh man. Uh, in, like The odds would have been incredibly... Like, oh, it's just been ridiculous. Like It would have been like 100 to 1 or something like that. Yeah. Because that Chiefs offense has been lights out all season. Uh, I don't know how much... Mahomes' turf toe was affecting him. It didn't look like it was affecting him that much. It was just the Until pressure. Devin White threw him to the ground right at the end. Yeah. He got I, folded over I, something nasty in that game I honestly game thought with about five minutes to go they should have um, taken him out. Mm. He's going for surgery this week anyway. Like, he'd lo- they'd lost. You know, there was no... I guess you have to keep playing. It's that kind of military 
yeah aspect it, it, you, of can't just, you can't just give up yeah but although like you know chad henry come come back in you know big big comeback what would have been better in that super well we already know what one of the outcomes was but better in that super Bowl would it mahomes was that would have been to line. have them against green bay instead of tampa <laughs> So Mahomes playing in the offensive line that he had, mm-hmm. or Chad Henney with the starting offensive line, Ooh. what would have been better in the Super Bowl? Oh, that is a that's a, a mind bender. Because um, I'm leaning on probably the, the still latter. Mahomes. No, I'm leaning on the latter. On now, one. if you can protect a, a a quarterback and give him time, you can scheme up Tyreek Hill to get open. You can scheme up Travis Kelsey to get open. I think so. I, I would, yeah. I would probably, shown. yeah. I would probably much rather have Mitchell Schwartz and Eric Fisher. Even though Eric Fisher's not that great at tackle, he's he's still a big enough upgrade for it to and make Dovani a difference. Duvernay Tardif is he? Duvernay Tardif, yeah, the guy who opted out at the start of the season yeah. because he's a doctor and wanted to help fight COVID. Uh, hat, like again, hats off to him. Incredible decision. Also, didn't miss out on a Super Bowl. Well, so everyone's a winner. Given him one anyway. Yeah, they'd they probably yeah. given him a ring. Yeah, I think he's probably yeah, yeah. I don't know how it works. Contract, he's on he's on the contract and everything, but um, don't have to play in a certain amount of games. They might have given him one. Yeah, uh, maybe. Um, anyway, yeah. Now I, I have to have to say it now. Uh, there had been a few questionable slash marginal penalties in this one, which did seem to go in the way of the Buccaneers. Mike Evans one was definitely end... pass interference. No, no way. It's not a tumor. At the end of the day, I don't think it would have made much of a difference because the Chiefs were still never in it. I don't think that even if they got most of those penalties go their way instead, it wouldn't have mattered enough. They would have got a few more field goals maybe, but it just it just wasn't happening for them. Ryan suck up revenge game. <laughs> um I think there's a couple where it was like, oh, okay maybe. Um a couple of the defensive holdings on the Chiefs were a bit uh, mm. you know, Kept the drives going. Yeah, there were some I was looking at. I was a bit like, that's especially yeah. The holding throughout the course of this game was they usually don't different call that to this season. Game. Yeah, like this season, there's practically been no no holding. They've really let it go, and in this game, they just said, "No, you know what? That that is holding." Yeah, it's almost as if. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, I'm not. I'm not I going there. I don't think Goodell wanted Brady to win seven. He doesn't like him. Ah, uh, yeah, sorry, no, I'm not. I'm not going there. <laughs> <laughs> all, all I'm saying is that one of the referee's sons is called Brady. Anywho. <laughs> yeah. So, fraternal comments, Aaron? What was the, the, the thing you wanted to mention about that? Well, that was more that Aaron Donald won his, what, fourth defensive player of the year? Yes. And JJ Watt came out saying it was a horrendous decision and TJ should have won. So um, everyone hmm. started posting to JJ Watt pictures of Aaron Donald with like four people on him. Mm-hmm. And like that Seahawks game, yeah. the play when he had the three guys block him and he still yeah, managed still to gets sack to him. Yeah. And it's like, come on. Because all, all, like all JJ was using the stats, like yeah. this, the stats that said that um, TJ had had more pressures and mm. more sacks. And it's like, man. It's like, look not, at what he has to deal with. Every, he's, a, he's an interior <laughs> defensive lineman and TJ, Watt, like he's an edge rusher and like plays linebacker and stuff like that. And like, now credit where it's due. TJ Watt, fantastic player, right? But Aaron Donald, man. Like, yeah, you've got to have a separate award just every year to say congratulations, Aaron. We know you're the most valuable defensive player in the NFL. Well, what is here? Pre- here his you go. Get, get someone are like else. Seventeen percent more 
than Fletcher Cox's, mm-hmm. who's second mm-hmm. as a defensive tackle. It's like and Fletcher Cox is a good <laughs> yeah, interior like defensive no lineman. One, no one anywhere near. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's kind of getting past. All. Like, what did you think of the honors? Did you see? I I didn't see them, but for the most part, I agreed with them. Uh, I know that was it. Adam Rogers MVP. Yeah. Uh, uh, Derek Henry offensive player of the year it's like I think wasn't it yes yes fair enough I guess like he was a dominant running back and it's it's good to see a running back get it again it's been a little while I think um, Aaron Donald Aaron Donald Kevin uh, Stefanski Kevin Stefanski congratulations I think we called that too uh, Chase Young for defensive rookie and Justin Herbert for offensive rookie and Alex Smith won the Alex Smith comeback player of the year award <laughs> yeah. Um I can't remember. There's a few other ones in here. Oh, like at the moment of the season was the Hill Murray. Yeah, I believe. Yeah, so I think I called I called that one as well. Though my like the real moment was Kendall Hinton. You know, but uh, it's a diff- for diff- very different reasons. Very different reasons. I think the moment of the season was Gronk's first touchdown that Super Bowl. I've never been more right in my life. <laughs> well, the honors happened before the game, Darren. So <laughs> yeah. they couldn't they couldn't give you they couldn't give you that one. Maybe you'll get that next year. It'll roll over into next year. Mm-hmm. What if Edelman comes? Oh, stop it. What, what, what if Arians retires and Bill Belichick just goes down to Tampa? <laughs> Gronk- <laughs> He's like, Gronk- I'm, Gronk- I'm going to blow it up all over here and just go down to Tampa Bay and retire. Um, yeah. Um, just, I just want to mention, now Tom Brady, I've already mentioned, has more Super Bowl wins than any franchise, right? People have been saying he has two, maybe even three Hall of Fame careers already if you were to break them up. Um, since turning 37, when most Hall of Fame quarterbacks retire, such as, you know, Peyton Manning, yes, he has 16 playoff wins, which is more than anyone other than himself and Montana. Joe Montana. Montana. Joe Montana has Doesn't 16 have, playoff yeah. wins in total, and Brady, in total, has 34. I, Not including the buys. And if you counted the winning seasons and the buys as wins, then you yeah. have like 50. Because yeah. <laughs> he won the AFC like every year. It is utterly absurd. And so I'm saying perhaps he's actually had four four Hall of Fame careers. Seven seven Super Bowls split up. Like if, if people are even going to consider Eli Manning for getting in. Yeah. <laughs> I, I will always not necessarily defend Tom Brady as like a person or the Patriots as a franchise but I always give him his dues and stop you from being an arse <laughs> mainly you can because try. in the first year I watched NFL he had that game against the Saints when he had a minute and 40 seconds to get from the 10 yard line and he had no players it was like I think Kendall Tompkins, Kendall Tompkins caught, yeah, the, caught the touchdown it was like what is this and it was like you know just marching down spiking the ball, everyone in the right spot. He's like slapping people on the head for being in the wrong place. Mm. Slapping the offensive linemen, like running with them to make mm. them run faster. And I think Breeze just sitting on the sideline like, what else am I about to do? Mm. Like, you know, like... That's it. So he's done his bit. Um... So I I get it. I feel for the, the Paytons and, and that. Mm. And to have played in this era, like how many... Um, I think um, Pat McAfee was talking to Peyton about it and about how, how if they had lost that championship game mm-hmm. and not played the Bears, 
yeah. how much would Manning have hated Brady? And and he was actually asking Peyton, like, are you able to talk to Brady because you got that one? Like, if you hadn't got that one with Indy, <laughs> do you think you would have ever been able to speak to him? And he's like, oh, you know, we're both quarterbacks. We don't play on the same side of the field, but you could yeah. tell that it was really it's important. Al- it's always going to be personal one way or another, really. But, you know, Pey- Peyton's a very diplomatic man. Yeah. And he knows just what to say. And uh, Did also, Peyton beat them in the Broncos seasons? Uh, yes, on a couple of occasions, I believe. In fact, so, did they beat them in the? No, they didn't beat them in the championship game. But he has beaten them. Yeah. Sorry, tap 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 tap. Um, just in terms of uh, the Pro Football Hall of Fame, just wanted to mention some of this year's inductees, including the aforementioned Peyton Manning. Uh, very well done to him, absolutely. Um, so, yeah, Peyton, incredible years with the Colts and then with the Broncos also. Um, John Lynch, another Bronco, well, and Buccaneer. Yeah, what about that? John Lynch sitting in his house in San Francisco and gets a knock on the door and suddenly he's in Tampa mm-hmm. with Peyton watching Tampa win another Super Bowl. Yeah. What a, what a day! Yeah, not, not not bad for that guy. He's done he's done pretty good for himself. Uh, other players that did pretty good for themselves was uh, Alan Fanica, longtime guard of the Pittsburgh Steelers, and he was always always in the Pro Bowl. And everyone knew that he was the best guard in the league when he was playing. Uh, Tom Flores, the uh, head coach, uh, one of my favorite players um, of like I've, I've ever seen in my life. Calvin Calvin Johnson. I, I remember watching him. It was a whole. It was a um, uh, what do you call it? Thanksgiving game, I think. Maybe against Dallas, when he went off for something like three hundred and eleven yards on his own. Matt Stafford throwing the ball. Uh, like memories of like him playing in that crazy snow game against, I think it was Philadelphia or something like that. Having all the snow up in his his grill. In- incredible. And just uh, also go listen to Nate Burleson's story about Calvin Johnson at training camp um it because it's it's incredible it just shows how how incredible this guy was as a, as a physical specimen but how humble he was and how good a teammate he was uh just yeah out, out of this world it's not like rogers at training camp where he's just tossing the ball up for people to grab it and if you don't grab it then you're out yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> how many rookies have not made the league just because rogers was being a dick yeah yeah um, so yeah, uh, Tom Flores was head coach with the uh, the Raiders and Seahawks. Uh, of course, uh, mentioned where those other guys were. Uh, Bill Nunn, who was a senior scout and assistant director of player personnel, uh, he was also brought in. Can't say I know too much about. Him, to be perfectly honest, uh, Drew Pearson, who's been on people's uh, radar for a little while. Personally, I, I I don't know too much about him either, but he's uh, apparently been involved in some very very big plays for the for the Cowboys, and if you're big for the Cowboys, then you go to the Hall of Fame. Sure. Not want to take anything away from there. Also, rounded out very nicely by Charles Woodson, one of the best quarterbacks that's ever played the game, just consistently at the top of his game, uh, all the way through from when he was uh, when he played from so when he, when he was drafted out of Michigan. Last defensive uh, player to win the Heisman. Mm-hmm. Incredible player too. Um, it was Oakland and uh, then the, the Green Bay Packers. If we're telling people to check YouTube and check interviews, uh, Woodson's Heisman highlights <laughs> last season at Michigan. Oh, yeah. What a player. Punt returns, interception returns, sacks. 
He also he, he went and played offense sometimes as well. He was like the closest thing to a Deion Sanders that the league had uh, that wasn't called Deion Sanders. Yeah. It's a real like it's funny that we were talking about the Hall of Fame. This isn't anything to do with the Hall of Fame, but I'm just really sad that Jabril Peppers just never took the Michigan stuff into the league. He just yeah, just a bit too small. He's never been able to go. Actually, I can do. I can do all these other things, yeah. Because he played offense, like Jabril Peppers played yeah, yeah. offense for Michigan. He was like the he was a core, he played quarterback and stuff. Mm. They just had him in all these different the gadget player. Yeah. You can't you can't always get away with that in the NFL. No. So that's it. Like you got to be Braxton really Miller good. As well, so yeah, being a crossback is a bit difficult. And yeah, yeah. But anyway, do you think John Lynch has got in this year because of his GMing as well? It does help. But honestly, when he was playing at safety, for especially for the Buccaneers, but then you know later he was excellent with the Broncos. But man, like that that team, he was part of that ferocious defense in Tampa in two thousand and two, when you had like him, Warren Sapp, Rondé Barber, Derek Brooks, Booger, Booger McFarlane, yeah, uh, Booger McFarlane. Maybe not going to get in based on his uh, his um, yeah. like color commentary, but it appears it's hit him in the hand. Yeah, <laughs> great work there, Booger. Mm. Um, yeah, no, John Lynch, he should have gotten on the basis of his play at safety anyway. He was always a, a roving general of the defensive backfield, and when he hit you, you knew about it, even for a guy that looks yeah. a little bit smaller. It's, I've always found it amazing with the Hall of Fame, how much, what it means. You know, these guys are massive. You know, they're usually the heads of their families, they're got loads going on and as soon as they see that Dave Baker dude they just like oh my god <laughs> they just like look like little children John Lynch came to the door and was just like laughing and then he like literally turned and said oh I don't it's on YouTube but I, he's like I yeah. don't I never thought it would happen that it accepted it wasn't going to happen mm-hmm. but now it's happened he didn't finish saying he just burst into tears and it's like this is John Lynch he's like massive yeah you know, man of a man, yeah. safety, and he's oh, just bubbling man. on his doorstep. Yeah, because the guy, the guy's huge. <laughs> he's about four hundred pounds, apparently. Um, but oh, I remember what was it? Was it last year's one or the year before that when um, uh, Jimmy Johnson got his his oh, call? Like he was, he was, he was crying. I was like, oh my god, it was so sweet. And he also looked Troy like he was about to have a heart tears. attack. Yeah, we, we thought we were about to witness the, the death of Jimmy Johnson live on air. Um, but yeah, no, it was an incredibly moving moment. Um, anything more to add on either the Hall of Fame class or the Super Bowl or anything else there at the moment, Darren? Before we move on to talk about some of the, well, we can quickly talk about some of the, like the trade that did happen and potentially trades that might happen. Um, in terms of the, I don't even know who's still up for the Hall of Fame. I feel like the people, you know, Woodson, Manning, and Megatron were the first ballot. That, yeah, you know. We expect. I don't know who who's going to be next year, but I don't know enough about the the history of the game mm. to be talking about like the the players that are missing out and the ones that haven't made it. But it's good to see, you know, have this kind of like honors board for players, yeah. and I like it. But I am more intrigued about the football. I'm yeah. already on to next year. I just want to know what's going to happen with all of the. Quarterbacks who might be moving all over all the place. All the carousels. Like. Oh, we'll go into our QB carousel at some point. Might take a little break from it, but uh, one of the uh, there's already some movement on the carousel as we mentioned. So Jared Goff and two first round picks and and a third, I think. 
going to Detroit to from Matt Stafford. You have to split it. So it's Stafford and a first round. So it's Goff and a first rounder for Stafford, and then it's a first rounder and a third for the contract. Because mm-hmm. I think if Goff had been on a team friendly contract, they wouldn't have yeah, needed they... to give up that second first. Yeah, yeah. So they were just needing off the contract. I don't think they were too. They're not bothered about first round picks. They've got their players. Like, what are they going to get in the like? Even Devin White took a year. You look at Devin Bush got injured. Mm-hmm. You can obviously look at what Pittsburgh did getting Fitzmagic in a trade for a first round pick. Yeah, I'd rather trade my first round picks for stars than tra- than draft. Mm-hmm. You know, so I can see why. Yeah, that would happen, and. I think they've done the right thing because they are in a window Mm -hmm. and they've just got to keep going. Yeah, definitely. Um, I think it's definitely, from my perspective, a win for Detroit because you get your your bridge quarterback, you get the opportunity to really start building a a team there with these extra first-round picks uh, and you're already in a good position to potentially get another another quarterback quite high up in the draft if you decide to take one. Like... Mm -hmm. Trey Lance or Mac Wilson or sorry, is that, is that Mac Jones or Zach Wilson, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so you're they're in a, a good position to to build nicely. It's so so much on the GM though. Mm-hmm. Like you look at what um, they were able to do in Cleveland with getting Baker and Denzel, and then getting someone else at like thirty three mm. that was like an instant starter. Yeah, and the difference it makes like straight away. Mm. But then because they were able to hit. That gave them the ability to then trade a first round for OBJ. Yeah. Because they didn't need a, they got three first rounds in one draft, so they didn't need to, you know. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. um. Do, do do you still see Jared Goff as actually ending up playing for the Detroit Lions, or could he end up being like a Brock Osweiler? He just comes in and then ends up getting flipped to go elsewhere. I think he's good enough to play next year, but mm-hmm. I think they'll be hoping that he doesn't do very well. Yeah, and I, I, think, I, yeah, I think that's kind of what yeah what they're aiming for. He's going to be in a kind of. Daniel Jones, like in this kind of situation, but no matter what he does, the team it's not going to be a eight and eight team. It's, they're not going to design the team to be an de- eight and eight. It team. depends on what happens with their wide receivers, because at the moment I think he's got like Quez Watkins coming back. Uh, because what are they going to do with Danny Amendola, uh, Kenny Galladay, and Marvin Jones? Who are all Am- Amendola's in for that Tampa Bay contract? Eh? <laughs> Probably yeah. how like. Bill Belichick did nothing, and it was all Brady. And yeah, yeah he's in for go. he wants his his trade to the Bucks. Um, but they've still got Galladay and Marvin Jones. And yeah, but well, they're going to have to pay both those guys though. Ken Galladay should be a given. You you, you pay that guy because he's an excellent wide receiver. Accept it. <laughs> Not, like if they pay you enough money, you're going to think about it. Um, I can definitely see them uh, keeping on with that. Um. And uh, yeah, the the Rams. Do they get better with uh, yes. with Matt Stafford? Yes. Yep. Straight Despite away. the fact that they will doesn't matter not have uh, a first round pick doesn't for matter. like a million straight years now. Well, seven is what it's going to end up being at the moment. Doesn't matter. They've got seven. They don't need it. Apparently. They've got seven stars. What do you ask for in seven first round picks to get seven stars? Mm-hmm. They've just worked it so that they've got seven stars on the roster. Already. So. It's going to be 
a lot of it on McVeigh. Like, if he can't mm. get this to work with Stafford, then I'm really gonna, interested. To who are you going to get it to work with? Because there's not many players like Stafford, and there's it's not like, many it, players that fit that kind of structure. You're not getting a Deshaun. Yeah, I'm. I'm hoping it's not going to be too late for Stafford because, like, he's like he, he can gunsling, he can throw the ball, um, but you know, he he does have like people still want him to do well, and they think that he's going to do well. He's but he's always always sort of that upper middle tier. And he's also had a lot of family things. And, mm. you know, you are trading for a family. You're trading for a, a network to come down mm. and play in your team. Especially at quarterback. So all I can hope is that, you know, that his wife's healthy. And, yeah. And they're happy and he they can make the most of it. Because um, it would be a shame for him if it didn't work. Yeah. And then that's what people are going to remember. Because yeah. he could have been the the lost superstar mm-hmm. and it, get a Hall of Fame jacket at some point for his stats and you know everyone just be like oh he never was given a team like mm. the boy before him the yeah. Barry Sanders but, yeah, well, but, but Barry Sanders everyone could see his greatness but you know Stafford he's he's never really been a, a consistently top five quarterback I mean you, you couldn't put him in the Hall of Fame over someone like Philip Rivers right now around would you here. rather have Stafford or Matt Ryan Matt Ryan <laughs> Matt, Matt Ryan's won, a, won an MVP and has consistently been th- like the guy in the, at the top of that upper middle tier whereas mm. Stafford has fluctuated he's, he's shown glimpses like Matt Stafford at his very best is better than Matt Ryan but Matt Ryan is consistently a better quarterback he's just been on some really awful teams especially r- with really awful defences Matt Stafford could relate. Um, True. No, I'm just I'm just really excited to see how it goes. Mm, and same. There's obviously first bit of intrigue of the off season. Aaron Rodgers will just be pissing himself. He'll just be I can't believe this is happening. <laughs> I just won another MVP. I'm getting paid 38 million next year, and I'm going up against Falls or Wentz <laughs> or Trubisky. Mm, and maybe and, Kirk Cousins, Jared Goff. I don't know. We'll see. Who else is in that division now? Like I say, well, at the moment, Kirk Cousins is still the quarterback at Vikings. Yeah, true. Yeah. Yeah. But um, there's talk about him maybe going to San Francisco. But there's talk of everyone going to San Francisco right now, including Deshaun Watson. Uh, I've not heard Carson Wentz's name mentioned in that one. But we have heard Carson Wentz mentioned with the likes of the Colts, perhaps. Thoughts on where Wentz might end up? I think it would be a shame if he went to the Colts because I think the Colts could do so much better with other players. Mm. But Frank Reich might be the key. Frank Reich might be the yep. one that was actually that got the best out of Wentz and Doug Peterson's a fraud and you know all this stuff. We don't know until we see it, but I I think Wentz will probably end up on the Bears because the Bears are the kind of team that are going to make a mistake like that mm. and the Colts will they'll do something else. Yeah, I mean... We've seen what Wentz can do in the right circumstances. If he's given a situation like Indianapolis, maybe that saves his career. It could be a great story, but uh, do you think that really have... depends on just how much Frank Reich wants him because you do not give up a first-round pick for Carson Wentz at this stage. Do you think with the Colts, do you think we ever see Jacob Eason? No. Considering they did pick him in like the second round and he was like the best player in the Pac-12 in the, in the league for a team that was in the same... Division as um, Justin Herbert. Yeah, no, I um, I, I I don't think they believe in him right now. Uh, 
maybe a little bit down the road. It just I think it will depend entirely on what happens in, in front of him because he's not shown anything to get on anyone's radar yet. He was still like third quarterback of the depth chart, but they've never played any um they haven't played any friendlies for him to play in. Yeah, true, true. Don't really get a, a shot at this point. But um yeah, who who knows? Who knows? Any any favourites for that there? For the Colts. For Wentz. For Wentz, not the Bears. Well, the Bears. Mm-hmm. I think that's the kind of move that they'll make. Okay. I don't know why. <laughs> the Wentz looks like a quarterback. Like he he, he has does. this. So did Zach Mettenberger. <laughs> not as much as Wentz. <laughs> I, and Wentz has done it before. I just I'd be out. Like going mm. for even with Darnold, I'm just like. I would just rather draft someone. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Probably with you on that. I'd rather trade up and get Trey Lance or just or um or Zach Wilson or something at the top of the first round, then give up assets to get someone else. Yeah. Unless it's Deshaun. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Deshaun's maybe worth it, I think. Um okay, just to 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 round things up, uh uh two more more sad notes really. Uh, one is the the recent passing of longtime head, NFL head coach uh, Marty Schottenheimer, who died age seventy seven, uh, peacefully in his sleep. Uh, Schottenheimer was longtime coach for the likes of the San Diego Chargers, uh, the Kansas City Chiefs, the Cleveland Browns, um, bringing these teams up to respectability in some cases, particularly for San Diego, who would not had a, a winning campaign in eight consecutive years before his arrival. And um, he just flipped things around, uh, got Philip Rivers involved, and um, really changed the fortunes of that franchise. Now, the Washington Post, I believe it was, were being very um, damning in an obituary, effectively, about his, his postseason lack of success. Absolutely horrendous display there from that uh, from that newspaper, quote unquote. But um, Schottenheimer, like he's a guy who. Uh, all the way through my NFL watching career, he was on the opposite side of the, the, the ball from my teams. So I was w- watching him cook up some some great schemes here and there. So I got a bit of uh, a bit of respect for for Schottenheimer. He's a he's a, a, a good coach, and he has a he has a good football life um, documentary that you can go and check out on NFL.com as well, which I would strongly recommend. Um, uh, another one. Uh, unfortunately, on the the sad side, and this one it's particularly close to home for myself. Uh, Chris Wessling, uh, NFL.com writer and podcaster with the Around the NFL podcast, passed away at the age of forty-seven after a recurring battle with cancer. Um, I listened to a lot of Around the NFL and. In circumstances like that, you kind of feel as if these guys are your friends after a while. And um, like Chris went through his initial battle with cancer, and he he beat it. And at, at the NFL, he met his lovely wife Lakeisha, and they had a, a they, they like the whole thing like this whole development happened on the podcast as well. The, the announcement of the marriage and the guys being his best men and. Then they announced the, the baby and they announced his name and everything. And then shortly after the the, the birth of uh, young baby Link, uh, I think it was only about two or three weeks afterwards, it was um, like Chris kind of disappeared from the podcast again. And then we found out that his cancer had returned. And um, 
yeah, it's just um, a real tragedy that such a passionate, knowledgeable, eloquent, fun and caring guy. He just seemed like an all-round great guy um, from, from whenever he spoke and um, an excellent writer, uh, one of the best and an incredible podcaster too. And um, yeah, it was just a real sore one. So I, I just wanted to say my very uh, heartfelt condolences to the Westling family and um, and friends. Yeah. Okay. Sad to see. I actually I listened to the around the the network of ATN around mm. the NFL podcast very sparingly, but I actually heard the one where he had the baby. Mm. So when he come on on the phone. Yeah, saying he'd had the baby. I, I heard that one, and then I also heard the one where they announced that it'd come back, mm. just randomly, because it was within like a three or four week period when I was just listening mm-hmm. to their podcast. So I saw that. I am um, read. It's a beautiful blog. He's he did about his favorite season of football ever. He did it yeah. for the Houston Oilers. Tennessee Titans retweeted it. Yeah, um, a few days ago, saying like, "Hey, this guy was an all time fan." Of the Oilers and everything. well, he was actually he was a, he was a Bengals fan, yeah. but he appreciated good football. Yeah, and he was he was an all time fan of that season. And yeah. this blog is like one of the best things we've ever read, and I thought that was pretty cool. And you see all the all the NFL live people just yeah. not being able to get through their shows, you know, and yeah. they, they all did so well to to hold it together, to hold it together, you know. But well, I think we'll see more come out now the Super Bowl is done from the network. I think there'll be stuff that released and they'll, they'll yeah. put more of his stuff online and yeah there's some some lovely tributes um around the league and um you know from the nfl and people who knew him um there was a like the, the guys didn't end up doing a super bowl recap because obviously they were totally distraught and crushed but they did all come together for a, a, a really lovely um pod where they just spoke about their best memories of Chris, and um, yeah, I, I I I cried. It was he was just so he was just so excellent. He, he was just like I'm not <laughs> the most well-read person or anything, but the way that he would word, word things, his uh, the way that he could tell a story and use like you know just make the facts come into perspective for you in a way that was was readable and not just readable but but fun um now he was um he was one of a kind uh so yeah that's my general thoughts on that so um sorry to leave it on a, on a sad note guys but um yeah that had to happen there also you remember Tom Brady won the Super Bowl. Oh yeah, Tom Brady won the Super Bowl. Yeah. Apparently, like Chris Westing yeah. was a big Brady fan as well, so he would appreciate that. Um. So yeah, that one was for for Chris. So, Tom Brady has been to ten. Eleven. Ten Super Bowls. Mm-hmm. And won seven. Seven. Yes. So Mahomes has been to two and won one. Mm-hmm. So Baby Goat has lots <laughs> of work to do. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah, I'm. It's been an interesting season. It has been. I've been angry at the NFL. I've been confused by the NFL. But in the end, the football's Spoke been for about itself. the same like level. Like Maybe a couple less fouls because of the lack of crowd noise and stuff. People have been able to actually 
just get on with it. Some surprise performances, maybe lack of stress from mm. playing in front of 90,000 people. Yeah, but Pl- plenty of intrigue, all the same. And uh, we get to do it all over again soon. Yeah. Uh, next up, the NFL draft, I guess. Ooh, it's one of my favorite things. <laughs> get to read up on it and uh, figure out who your favorite players are. Uh, who will go number one overall? We wonder. Well, the, the Jags have endeavoured for Trevor. And they have succeeded in that. So, um, Anyway, we'll talk about that uh, another time, whenever that may be. Probably take a little break. We'll come back if we feel the need to. But um, until then, guys... Major happens. Yeah. Like Andrew Luck coming back. Yeah. <laughs> oh, there was rumours about it. <laughs> um, but, yeah, guys, just um, stay safe out there. Um, like, be kind and all that jazz. Um, we know that a lot of people are still making their way through lockdowns. Um, we're obviously very privileged over here in New Zealand. Um, but yeah, we're always thinking about about you. And uh, we, we just hope that you are all, 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 all right. Sounds good. Yeah, I'll try and keep everyone is as well. Yeah. Thanks very much, guys. We'll catch you when we catch you. Bye. Bye.